Welcome to Mike's Mental Models, episode number one. On today's episode of Mike's Mental Models, we're going to talk about what a Gordian knot is, what a Chesterton fence is, and how you can apply these models or frameworks to the own problems that you solve. But before we begin, I wanted to point out a Charlie Munger either transcript or letter that he gave to the USC Business School. The link is in the show notes, which are available at medium.com, and you search for Mike's Mental Models. But Munger's notes are just so, so good. It's amazing that his talk is available online to everyone because it's full of so much good stuff. So if you like the podcast, if you like the direction of the podcast or application, or even just the general theory of it, but you don't think I do it well, go read this thing from Charlie Munger. And then after you read that, come back and listen to this episode. But we're going to continue from here. Gordian knot and Chesterton fences are a pair of models that operate much like a screwdriver or a wrench. Uh, you use those tools by turning clockwise or counterclockwise, and you'll end up with some sort of a solution, usually a tighter screw or nut or a looser one. And Gordian knots and Chesterton fences are kind of like the extremes of a spectrum. Usually, if you apply one or the other, you'll get the results or at least an answer that lets you further understand uh, your idea. And both of these tools apply when you're looking at the history of something. So for example, the history of teenagers is a really rich history. You see, teenagers have always wanted to socialize with other teenagers. Now I've been around some teenagers lately and I don't know why anyone but teenagers would want to associate with them, but teenagers have always sought each other out. Um, In the early 1900s, This meant that they used this new technology called bicycles to go and connect with their friends. And at the time, bicycles were really feared by some people because it thought that it was going to take away from time that teenagers uh, could be reading books. And after bicycles, other technologies filled this gap that uh, facilitated teenagers connecting with one another. So it was the mall or the car or the cordless phone. And now it's social media with services like Snapchat. And so rather than bemoan Snapchat as teenagers not connecting with each other or um, other criticisms, we can understand it with the framework that teenagers have always sought each other out and have always used new technologies to find and connect with each other. And so if we understand the history of that, we can better understand the role that Snapchat plays in that. And that's what Gordian knots and Chesterton fences help us do. So. What exactly is a Gordian knot? Well, in a legend, Alexander the Great entered a city where a great knot had been tied. And an oracle had prophesied that the man who would untie this knot would go on to become the king of Asia. Well, as legend goes, Alexander walked up to the knot and he saw that it was complicated and complex and tangled and it was just a whole mess. So what did Alexander do? He took out his sword and he cut the knot. And Alexander would go on to have great success, and that's probably part of the reason this legend stands, but it 
serves a purpose as a shorthand for situations where we look at something and we don't need to worry about the rules, we can totally think outside the box, and we can just cut it out. We can stop doing it for whatever reason. A recent example of this is in the NBA, where NBA head coach of the San Antonio Spurs, Greg Popovich, told reporters that his team didn't do the shoot-around anymore. So the pre-game shoot-around has been around for over 40 years. It was introduced in the 1970s by Bill Sharman, who was uh, the coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. And after his team won the 1972 championship, the idea of the shoot-around spread around the league and other teams started doing it. And Popovich looked at this and he thought, well, this team, the Lakers team, didn't win the championship because they did a shoot-around. They won the championship because they had Jerry West and Wilt Chamberlain starting for them. And so this tradition that had been around for a while, where people sort of followed it without knowing why, they believed the knot had to be untied without knowing why, um, Popovich stopped doing this because he saw that it really wasn't helpful. A different version of the same story is the parable of the wife whose mother-in-law is going to come for Easter. Uh, the wife is hoping to impress her mother-in-law, and so she goes to the butcher and she chooses the best ham that's available from the deli. And before she gets her ham wrapped up to take it home to cook, she asks the butcher to have the end trimmed off of it. And the butcher asks why. He says, oh, this is the best part of the ham. And the wife says, no, no, no. My mother-in-law doesn't like it like that. Every time we go to her house, the end is always trimmed off, and that's how I want to prepare it. So the butcher does so, and the wife takes it home, and she prepares it, and everyone has a wonderful Easter, Easter meal. And as the meal is wrapping up, the wife uh, knows that it's going well, so she's going to, to kind of tempt her fate. She's going to ask her mother-in-law why exactly she likes her ham with the end cut off. And the mother-in-law leans back in her chair and says, well, when I first started cooking, I had to have the end of the ham cut off because otherwise it wouldn't fit in my oven. And so that's another story that we relate to because we know that it's true. Inherent in all of these stories, whether it's Alexander the Great or Greg Popovich or the mythical mother-in-law, we can see that there's truth because we relate to these things. And we relate to them because sometimes we have to look at the history of something and say, this history doesn't make sense, or something has changed, and so we're not going to do this anymore. At the other end of our spectrum, the other way we can turn our tool is the Chesterton fence. And the Chesterton fence comes from a story that G.K. Chesterton wrote. And in that story is this part, quote, There exists in such a case a certain institution or law, let us say for the sake of simplicity, a fence or gate erected across a road. The more modern type of reformer goes gaily up to it and says, I don't see the use of this, let us clear it away. To which the more intelligent type of reformer will do well to answer, If you don't see the use of it, I certainly won't let you clear it away. Go away and think. Then, when you come back and tell me that you do see the use of it, I may allow you to destroy it. End quote. So, what Chesterton is explaining here is that we need to understand the history of something before we can go ahead and change something about it. This idea was introduced to me on the Tropical MBA podcast with Venkat Rao, and he summarized it this way, quote, 
it can seem like an attitude of like extreme respect to that local culture and making the difficult assumption that things are the way they are for good reason and you should understand them first, end quote. Time is often a really good filter to decide whether a Chesterton fence should be left alone or if it should be taken down. Food writer Michael Pollan suggests don't eat anything your great-grandmother wouldn't recognize as food. Nassim Taleb has the same theory for books, noting that the longer the book has been around, the better it probably is. Because time is a filter. Time helps us decide on the things that are truly valuable. If something has been done a certain way for years and years and years and years, there's probably value in that. And the Chesterton fence idea wants us to think about that and to answer those questions before we go ahead and change things. So how do we use the idea of the Gordian knot and the Chesterton fence as a mental model? Well, we can know that everything has a history. Just like teenagers using technology to connect with their friends, there's always the history to something. Every domino that falls had to get knocked over by another domino, which got knocked over by another domino. In cases of the Gordian knot, we can just cut things out once we know the history of it. So shortened hams and basketball shoot-arounds and knots that hold the future of Asia are all things that we can cut out. Other things, though, we should respect the history and we should acknowledge that they're there for a reason. If you look at the daily rituals of authors from Thomas Mann to Stephen King, they often reflect one another. The schedule is pretty consistent. Wake up. Consume breakfast and caffeine, or sometimes nicotine, or sometimes both. Write through lunch, eat, walk, read. That's the blueprint for many, many writers, and for good reason. It works. There's a biological reason that most people are most creative in the morning. And that's the sort of Chesterton fence that we should respect, and we should leave up for a certain reason. Thanks for listening to episode one of Mike's Mental Models.